Hello? Hello, there we go. Good morning, everyone. Uh, my name is Ross, Ross Hartwig. Uh, we're just going to start by introducing ourselves, just so you have an idea of who's actually speaking to you this morning, that we're not just some strangers that have walked off the road for a free coffee, but we are actually have a context. So um, I'm originally from South Africa. I was born and bred there. Um, and when I was 18, we moved to the UK. It's about 14, 15 years ago with my whole family, my mum and dad and two sisters. And uh, I did my A-levels. I did DNA after my A-levels, which is a a year program which we're going to be talking to you about in just a minute. And currently, I, having finished eight years of university with the Open University, I'm now working as a consulting engineer for a local engineering firm in Hartford. Uh, That's my sort of full-time nine-to-five job. And then away from that, I serve on our leadership team. Uh, We don't have a traditional sort of paid past position in our church. We have a volunteer leadership team of which I am one. And I serve that team alongside my wife who leads that team. She is our our team leader for that. Uh, And away from church, I also serve on the DNA team at their residentials, coordinating and leading and teaching the worship side of of what they do. So I think that gives an idea of, of sort of me. Other things, I really like the color yellow, so yellow t-shirt today. I also really like cycling and bikes, so I was quite interested to see your little, some of the work you do over in Romania with the bikes, that looks quite exciting. So uh, yeah, that's me. Great. Um, so as, as you know, my name's Jess, I'm married to Ross. Uh, we've married five years, like two weeks ago, was our five-year anniversary? Woo! Um, I grew up in Australia, you probably can't tell from my voice, lots of people can't, but I moved over here about seven years ago, Uh, God plunked me in Hartford and I just absolutely loved it, definitely feel called to to be there and so into that community. Um, Like I said, I I lead our leadership team, which looks like uh, serving the team, looking after them and and helping to to, um, push into what God has for for the church and what that looks like. Uh, When I'm not doing that, I am a singing teacher, and I work for a local charity in our town as well. Lots of bits and pieces. Um, Yeah, that's a bit about me. Great. So, we have a question for you just to start this morning. In fact, as we go along, there'll be a couple of questions. And what we're really hoping is that God will just start to stir some stuff for some of us today. Um, And I give you the opportunity to really... Just ask this question. Don't let it kind of wash over you, but just let it soak just for a moment. So the first question is, what is my calling? What is your calling? It's a big question. And I think some of us... um, are busy with our lives, but don't often stop and, and take the time to ask that question. So, so that's going to be part of what we reflect on this morning. Okay, we, get, we will come back to that a little bit later, but I want to start uh, just by reading a little bit of scripture, if that's okay. So I'm reading from Matthew chapter 28 towards the end. Does anyone know sort of perhaps what I might read? You can stick your hands up or you can call out, I don't mind. Yep. Oh, I thought there was a there was a hand up there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, close. We're looking right to the very end. There's something in my Bible. I have it in Ivy. Mine says the Great Commission. You heard of that? 
Now, I know you guys are looking at, you have a mission focus for these two weeks. And in case you didn't notice, there's a little bit of a similarity between those two words. That's the word mission, isn't it? So we can sort of draw this conclusion that a big part of what mission is, is contained in the co-mission. Okay, so I'm just going to read that for us. Um, Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded with you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. So if you were starting to answer this question for yourselves, what is my calling? This can begin to help us understand that. I mean, it's, it's not light. Jesus doesn't say it might be a good idea to. He gives us a real call. He says, therefore, go. He calls us to do something, that being making disciples. Okay, so we're going to have a look at some, some other scripture to help us unpack that question, what is my calling? So the next one we're going to go to is, um, is Galatians chapter 5. Give me some time for those who are turning there, because I don't have the, your pew number, I'm afraid. Uh, Galatians chapter 5, verse 13 and 14. So... Verse 13 starts with, You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free. So let's just stop there for a minute. Are there, do we feel free? Are there areas in our lives where we don't feel free? Free to be who we feel like God's made us to be free to just maybe even do stuff that we feel like should be normal stuff, but it's just fear grips us in certain areas of our lives. So already there's, wow, we're called to be free. What does that mean? What, what? I need to go on a journey then. I need to wrestle with that. If I'm not free, then that's something that God wants for me. It's something that I'm called to live in, freedom. I think that's quite exciting. And we carry on. So there's more than that. But do not use your freedom to indulge the sinful nature. Rather, serve one another in love. For the entire law is summed up in a single command, love your neighbor as yourself. So we're called to be free, but then alongside, really close together, we're called to serve. So we're called to to service. And I think sometimes we get caught up in the service. We're good at that. We're good at doing things for Jesus. We're good at doing stuff for, for God, for the church. But the freedom one maybe is slightly more tricky. Okay. Oh, and I'm doing the last one as well. Okay, so last scripture we're going to turn to is Romans chapter 12. Okay, so we're going to do the first two verses and then skip down to, to verse 6 as well. So first two verses of chapter 12 say this. Therefore... I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test 
and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. So again, there's something there linked into freedom, I think, about if we want to know what God's will is for our lives, if we want to know what our calling is, our purpose, our minds need to be transformed. So there's a transformation that needs to happen. I think that is linked into freedom there. And if we just jump down to to verse 6 as well, 6 to 8, we have different gifts according to the grace given to us. If your gift is prophesying, Use it in proportion to your faith. If it is serving, let him serve. I'm just going to pause there. We talked about service as something that we're all called to do as well. So don't let that be an excuse for you that, oh, well, I'm not called. Serving's not my gift, so I don't have to do that. We're all called to serve in a a greater way. But some people have a gift for it. and, And so God says, use it, walk in it, you know, grow it. Um carry on. If it's teaching, let him teach. Let's say, if it's encouraging, let him encourage. If it is contributing to the needs of others, let him give generously. If it is leadership, let him govern diligently. If it is showing mercy, then let him do it cheerfully. So there's something about, there's a real freedom in when you find what it is that is your gifting that, that God's called you to do, that you can really be free to, to explode in that and, and, and do it well and do it the best that you can. So we go back to that question, what is my calling? Maybe we, maybe you do feel like you're exercising, you're living, you're serving in areas that you are gifted in. And I encourage you to, to carry on, that's great. But for some of us, we'll be serving because maybe there was a gap that needed filling or we didn't really know what we felt like we were supposed to do, so we just kind of jumped on a rotor here and there. Um, and like, that's not where... That abundant life that Jesus talks about is found. So I encourage you to, to start, if this is the first time you've ever thought about this, to start to ask that question, well, what could my giftings be? What could, you know, where do I feel alive? What are the things that God's placed in me that make me really excited to be, you know, working in his kingdom? Okay. So these were questions that Jess and I have both wrestled with over the years, um, and Part of the way we, we tried to find a way of answering these questions was through DNA. And I did my DNA year, my first DNA year, about 12 years ago, just straight up off the back of A-levels. I had done my A-levels. I'd finished school previously in South Africa with something called matric. And, uh, you know, I, since I was a little boy, I knew, thought of knew what I wanted to be what I, when I grew up, was an engineer. And that was great. But since I'd thought that I had come to have a personal relationship with Jesus, and it just felt like that that wasn't all, that maybe there was something more that I was called to, and I wanted to know how maybe the Great Commission worked itself out in my lives and what my freedom looked like. And, and uh, I met a guy called Phil Simcock at, on a service week called Soul in the City, which you might have heard about in London way back when. And he was telling me about a church he was planting, and they were looking for people to come and help and I said, that would be, that'd be great. And he said, well, why don't you do it through DNA? Because DNA can facilitate your training and your mentoring through the course of that year. So I said, fantastic. So I moved away from home for a year, and I did my DNA church um, at this church plant in Englefield Green near Staines. And there was a couple of key things that happened during that year that God used to help me begin to answer these questions. So the first thing was that he just spoke to me that I was a man of God. 
that I was no longer a boy, I was no longer a child. And that was really significant because I had grown up in a, uh, in a church with my parents and we were always in small churches and quite often it felt a little bit like Sunday mornings with a Hartwig show. My surname's Hartwig. You know, my dad would preach, my mum would be on guitar, I would be doing Sunday school, whatever it was. It was just like our family was the show. And so we, I was always known as Rick's son, which isn't a, isn't a bad thing, but even when I was 18 and 19 and 20, still being known as someone's boy was, was hard. It was sort of holding back for me to have someone speak into me and say, just let you know, yes, you are Rick's son, and you are a son of God, but you are also a man of God, and that's something that you can step into. That was really releasing for me at the time. And then in terms of thinking forward, there were a word spoken over me on DNA, and that was the, the phrase, engineer of men, and I was given that in two contexts, both by someone on DNA and a friend outside of DNA, two different times, praying for me, giving me this prophetic word. And all of a sudden, I thought, hang on a second, God has used the language of engineer, which is what I'd always wanted to be when I grew up, but also added something more to it. It was, it was bigger than what I, what I had experienced. And I thought, wow, God really has got something more for me. And so I started a journey of working that out. And that worked itself out for the t- for. To start with is a children's worker. I became our church's children's worker straight off the back of DNA. And so I was an engineer of those kids. I helped to nurture and disciple them for, for about eight years it was. And then I did DNA 2, which is their second year. About 18 months ago, I finished. Or, yeah, no, six months ago I finished. Started 18 months ago. And one big thing over the course of that year was... I realized there were some areas in my life where I wasn't free that were holding me back, that were stopping me being able to do the things God was asking me to do. And one of them was perfectionism. I was a perfectionist to the point where if things weren't 100% all the time, it would get me quite down and quite distracting and quite frustrated and quite frustrated with other people and quite judgmental of other people. And I realized that that wasn't just a personality trait. Yes, I like to be excellent in a lot of the things I do, but perfectionism is something that was holding me back. And so I asked God to pray for me, and I believe I was delivered. Uh, I had some friends to pray for me. I believed I was delivered of perfectionism. So now it's okay if things aren't 100%. I'm free to still be me and still do the things asking me to do, even if they aren't perfect. And there's a whole lot of things like that where God has set me free. So he's done all these things. He's spoken into my identity, he's set me free, and he's given me a trajectory for my life. Great. I'll share a little bit of my story as well. Um, uh, I was really blessed. grew up in the church, similarly to, to Ross uh, in Australia, and I didn't, I didn't have a clear idea of what I wanted to do with my life. Uh, all I knew is I, I wanted to serve God, so I was one of these really annoying people. What do you want to do? I want to serve Jesus. And they're like, well, what does that look like? I have no idea. Um, and when I came over here, it was still pretty much the same. But, but what had been on my heart ever since I was kind of high school age was that I wanted, I knew I needed training. I knew I needed to be equipped for whatever it is that God did want me to do. And so I'd heard of like Bible colleges and things like that. But it's not that I can't study, but that's not, 
I knew that wasn't it. I knew just being in books and having information. That's not, I'm a really practical person. It just wouldn't have suited me to kind of go somewhere and just study and get a degree in theology or something like that. So I used to pray. I was like, God, I want something that will teach me, give me the information that I need, give me the tools, but also help me stretch my spiritual muscles and, and practice, you know, living in, 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 in your kingdom and what did that look like and praying for people and being stretched out of my comfort zone in in spiritual ways as well. And, um, and when I met, met Ross, he, um, he had done DNA and he told me about this thing and sh- immediately I was like, this is it. This is the thing that I've always wanted to do, but I didn't know what it was. Because um, it has that balance of, of the training, but the, let's walk it out now as well. Let's practice what we've just learned. Um, so that's why I decided to do it. And I didn't, again, I didn't really know. I just knew that I had to be there. And so on, the, on my year, I discovered similar to what Ross um, said, actually the first part of the year was God just speaking into me my, my identity, who I am, who he, who he is and who I am in relation to, to him and uh, just gently showing me his love for, for a really long time until I was softened enough and trusted him enough to be able to receive it better because you don't realise that you can't receive it until, until you trust him to, to be able to do that. And... Um, my, I have an interesting kind of family background. Um, I say my, as I say, my parents were both Christians, but they, and they, they're great, great parents. They did the best that they knew how to do, but there was a lot of kind of brokenness um, growing up in different areas. So the second part of my DNA year was a lot about freedom, freedom from walking un, out from under labels and walking out from under um, things that had happened to me and just being free to being more and more made more and more whole. Um, and so, so I did my DNA year, and the second, the year after that, I wanted to do the second year, and Ross and I did the second year together. So we found that really helpful to just have more leadership tools, but also we were both on our church leadership team at that time. I wasn't leading the team yet. And uh, so we found that really helpful as a, as a tool alongside us, working in our local church, working in our local context, serving God in, in the local church. And it was a tool that helped alongside that just to help, um, you know, a space to ask the, the questions of the issues we were wrestling with right then and there. It was a really good thing to have alongside. And um, at the end of that year, I stepped into leading our team. So I've been doing that since September uh, and DNA 3, which is the third year that I'm doing currently, again, is supporting me alongside that role, helping me still um, to ask the questions that I need to ask and, and yeah, just supporting me um, as I continue to walk out the freedom that I've already received but, but become more free in other areas as well. Okay, great. So now we're actually going to talk about this amazing thing called DNA, what it is. Yeah, so you're probably wondering, they keep mentioning DNA and alluding to it, but we have no idea what they're talking about. Or maybe you know everything there is to know about DNA. Either way, we're going to try and just paint a little bit of a picture of it. Uh, So the first thing that I want to point you to is that they have a really good website. It's just been revamped, and pretty much every question you could have about DNA can be answered through that website. And we've got a little stack of flies and stuff which you'll be able to get from the missions table out there in the coffee place uh, afterwards and that's got all the information on there that you'll need. So I won't make you write it down but I do want to point you to the website. If there's anything you miss today as I'm speaking, 
that would be a really good place to start. So the first question, I guess, really, is what is DNA? Um, and they've had lots of sort of catchphrases over the years to try and describe it to people because it is quite hard to encapsulate into one sentence. But at the moment, uh, the sort of the descriptor is a Christian discipleship and leadership development year. So that's their sort of... Thing. And, and what that looks like uh, is it's an 11-month program, so you run from October through to August, and it's a combination of training and teaching and serving your local church, okay? So it's, uh, you're, not necessi- you're not serving a large parachurch organization that works across the country. You, there is a focus on local church, your town or your placement town, like that. And... Uh, in terms of the stuff that happens through your teaching and training, there is a strong emphasis on freedom and identity. So finding freedom and knowing your identity, all of which, as we have spoke earlier, help us to understand our calling. Uh, because once we know our calling, we can actually start to do, to do stuff. Um, the basic structure of the year is that There are three residentials, so you go away. Two of them are in a place called Dalesdown, which is down near the South Downs. Beautiful, beautiful site. Um, And you do five days of fellowship, worship, teaching, training. There's some practical stuff. There's a bit of fun. And you do that with all the the trainees, the DNA trainees. And you do that three times a year. Uh, The last one in August is slightly shorter. Throughout the year, other than those, the training is delivered through 13 two-day blocks, so everyone who's on the current DNA year goes down to Bromley in, in South London and get together for a little bit more training, a little bit more teaching, a little bit more fellowship, um, and you, yeah, hang out to this really good, really good two days, and, and through all of that, there is um, support, press support, pastoral support from the team, the DNA team, and also from the, the second year's DNA twos are also there as part of your support structure. Away from the two-day blocks and from the residentials, the support structure looks like uh, what we would call a coordinator and a discipler in your local church. Coordinator is someone who helps you pin down your program, so i.e. what are you going to do seven days a week, Um, and what do you need to do seven days a week to continue growing and to continue developing, and your discipler is someone who helps you wrestle with your character and your spirit spiritual issues, so like, you know, these are the things that are holding me back, or these are the things that are really hard, or these are the things I'm celebrating, or this is what God's placed in me. Your disciple is there to talk through those things, to pray through those things. Sometimes you might use the word mentor is another word that sometimes get used for a discipler. So you have those two people at your home church. Now, on a week-by-week basis, essentially what your week will look like is four days of service, two days of training or teaching or study, and one day of rest. And those three things are really important part of the DNA Week program. The two days of study or training will either be those training blocks in Bromley or they will be at home. So, you know, you might spend an afternoon reading and one morning doing a worksheet or, or whatever it is to make up about two days. And the other four days are is the really important part of the service so that is serving your local church. So if you were to come and do DNA at our church, for example, 
We have a few children's work programs, a few OAP stuff that you could get involved in. We have some town-wide youth programs you could get involved in. So you start to get involved in the ministries of the church. From what I've seen on your notice boards out there, you guys have loads to get involved in. So if you did DNA here, you would have a plethora of things you could get involved in and things that could make up the service part of your week. And that's a really important part of the DNA program because... All the things that God's putting his finger on in the sort of the spiritual times and the training, all of a sudden the rubber hits the road and you've got to realize these things that you've just been learning about and these things. You know, so when God talks about loving one another, loving your enemies, that's great talking about it, but your service time is an opportunity where actually you get to love your enemies. You get to, to, to lead worship or you get to clean the toilets or whatever it is that God is asking and challenging of you your service time is the opportunity to do that. Who is DNA for? What sort of person does DNA? Well, that's a really interesting question. And certainly, I think when I did DNA 12 years ago, I thought it was for people who wanted a gap year between A-levels and university, and that was my understanding of it. But I've come to realize that that's not true. Uh, not least of all, when I arrived on my first DNA year, I was greeted by a lady called Patty who was 67 at the time, and she had just finished DNA, and she was doing DNA 2 that year. And she was a really significant part of my year, lovely lady. And so I want to encourage you that DNA is not for just finished students or just pre-students. Okay? The, the age window for DNA, if we're talking age here, is from 18 to 130 or you know whatever. Is, age is no limit. In fact, currently this year on DNA... We have a lovely uh, couple from a Catholic, charismatic church uh, who are in their 70s, I think. Mid to late 60s. Yeah, always get it wrong. Uh, And they are just finding the DNA absolutely fantastic. It's been really great. And every year, there have been people who are not in their 20s, not in their 30s even, who are doing it. My mum is thinking about it for next year. We had a lady from our church do it last year. She's in her 50s. So age is absolutely not an issue. What you probably would have to satisfy is a hunger to know God more and to know what he's got for your life more. That's probably an overwhelming qualification to do DNA. And if that connects with you, I'm like, yeah, actually, maybe God has got something more for me, then I really encourage you as DNA as, a, as might have a really good fit for you. The lady who did in our church, she's been a Christian a long time. She knows Jesus really well. Uh, Kids have, have moved out, gone to university, and she had this feeling that this can't be all that God's got for me. This is a lot. Don't get me wrong. I'm blessed, but maybe there's something more. And she explored that through the context of DNA, and we've seen her step in some real freedom, which is really cool, and really be un- begin to understand some of her calling on her life, which, you know, for a lady who's just turned 50 a couple of years ago, it was really exciting, really exciting to see someone who is still hungry for God. That was... That was really exciting. Okay, anything else? What am I missing? Oh, yeah, the types of DNA. Unless you want to say something? Um, So there are two main ways you can do DNA. The first is full-time. So that looks like your seven days a week is set and uh, organized with your coordinator. Uh, All four of those days are service days. Everything you do is, is with the DNA program as well, that sort of stuff. And 
you have an opportunity to do three main events, service events during the year. The first is Spring Harvest. So you will go and, and work with Doug Hawley or whoever's doing the youth program at Spring Harvest that year. Um, the second is an international trip. So you do a two-week international trip, missions trip to... I went to Norway. Jess, you also went to Norway. We've had people go to Germany and Denmark, just a few of the ones. And you also are involved in a summer experience program uh, so there might be, it might be something a little bit like Soul in the City or uh, Festival Manchester, from what I remember many years ago, something like that, where you can go and get in part, involved in part of a service program where you'll be part of the leadership of some of those smaller groups. Um, the part-time option is essentially the things you are committed to are the residentials and the two-day training blocks. The other time is free for you to work, so... We've had people in part-time and full-time jobs who have done DNA. That's not a problem. You, know, you can work around those sorts of things. And the three experiences I spoke about are not givens. They, you have to opt in for those. So if you wanted to still do the international trip, for example, but couldn't do spring harvest or the summer experience, you can opt into that if you're doing DNA part-time. Um, yeah. Great. We're going to finish now. But... Um, we would invite you, if we're going to be out there, we can talk about the cost, all those sorts of practical details we have the information for. So please come and talk to us. Okay. Just wanted to say, uh, I alluded to your, what you call your local church. Uh, so when you do DNA, you can come with the knowledge that you will be placed in the church that you are from. But you can also come and sort of say, I will, I will go somewhere else. I will go away. So I went away for my DNA year. Jess was placed in our church for her DNA year. And neither of those are, are options. So. Great. Um, but the thing we really want to emphasize is, obviously, we've been through DNA. We see the value of it. We think it's a great program. But it is a tool. There are lots of great things out there. And for us, the most important thing is for you to start to, to if God's asking you to ask that question, what is my calling? What are the things that are holding me back? Do I have some fear? Do I, are there things that have stopped me from, from being all that God wants me to be? then I invite you to start to explore that. Ask some questions, knock on some doors, look at a few programs, but, but start to ask that question, I would invite you. So if there's something about DNA that puts you off, that's fine, but please go and seek what God has for you somewhere else um, in another program or another form of training. Uh, yeah, please come and chat to us. We'd love to pray for you if, you, if that would be helpful. If anything that we said really s- stuck with you, we'd love to um, chat with you later on. Uh, can I just pray to... Father God, I just thank you for all that you've done for us, all that Jesus did so that we could be, be free, be connected to you, have relationship with you, and discover who it is that you created us to be. And Father, I pray that if anyone this morning has just been, had you stirring in their heart to think, oh, actually, yeah, freedom, I'm not free, I'm not free in this area, or that sense that Ross said of that there must be more there must be more to serving you than than what I've known up to now then I pray that you would help them explore those questions God that you would meet them in that place and and show them what what that would look like for them I pray that you bless these guys and we just thank you for your love Lord amen
Um, should we just pray for, for Ross and Jess as well, just before they finish? Father, we want to just say thank you for sending Ross and Jess to us this morning. Um, Lord, we thank you for all that they've shared. Thank you, Lord, for the way you've worked in their life as well. Um, the way, Lord, that you're at the centre of their marriage, the centre of their, their life and their work. But, Lord, you are their number one, and we thank you for that. We pray you bless them in Jesus' name, that they would continue to know your will for their lives, Father, as they go forward, as, as they get older, as uh, life changes, as things go on. So bless them, Lord. Make your will clear for them, Lord, for the future. I pray, particularly pray that for them this morning. And just thank you for DNA, Lord, all that it does. We pray a blessing on that organization. May it go from strength to strength and be run with real wisdom and grace all the time as it is now. And we just thank you for this morning, for the real uh, challenge this has been. And uh, we pray you'll bless everything they've said in Jesus' name.